0: This is the Painless Health Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Avi. Living painlessly and in good health is our goal. We are here to help you get there. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Now let's have some fun, and let's get painless. Cinderella is proof that one pair of shoes can change your life. Noté de bijon. It's been a busy month trying to rebrand the Physiatry Podcast, so I've taken a few weeks to change the name to the Painless Health Podcast. I hope everyone has enjoyed our podcast with Corey Reese. He's a genuinely nice person and has life experiences with many of the things I talk about in this podcast, including plantar fasciitis. His new book is called Stronger Than the Dark, and it talks about depression, anxiety, and running 314 miles through Tennessee and meeting the angels of the trail. And it is available right now on Audible, Amazon, and other book retailers online. But before we get started with our main topic today, which is plantar fasciitis, I promised to talk about why I wear a mask outside the house, even though most of the mass mandates here in California have changed. The mask recommendations for vaccinated people state that people should wear a mask in public settings, like airports, trains, and mass transit for the most part. I can't see how this and being at a grocery store is much different. Furthermore, when I walk in stores, I see so many people that I know weren't vaccinated are not wearing masks. Kids under the age of 12 are definitely not vaccinated, or at least, I should say, 99% are not. So how are they not wearing a mask in grocery stores it is evidence and it is currently what is recommended from the cdc as well as evidence and recommendations from the california state government that we should wear a mask if we are not or if we are not vaccinated the current evidence shows that our vaccines are very tough against even the delta strain of the coronavirus which is 88% effective in the case of the Pfizer vaccine. But of course, 88% is not 100%. And there are people that get breakthrough cases of COVID-19 and still get hospitalized. So it's very important for these patients to wear a mask and to stay safe. So in fact, my mask wearing has also changed from before. I always used to wear an N95 in the clinic and outside the clinic. I haven't worn a N95 outside the clinic for the most part. In the clinic, I still wear an N95 or what we call a P100. A P100 is a little bit stronger than an N95, but the N95 is still 95% protective against any small particles. I wear an N100, which is 99.9% against all small particles below 3 microns, which is the size of the COVID-19 virus. So that makes it a little bit more successful. I still wear a cloth mask outside the clinic. So anyway, if you have children at home, wear a mask, protect them. It may only be 1 in thousand chance of them getting sick, but COVID-19 is still here. So protect them. For today's topic, which is plantar fasciitis, I wanted to let you know as a runner, I too have experienced plantar fasciitis. It has been, well, a runner's nightmare. It is as if a surgeon doesn't have his scalpel, a cook doesn't have any gas to cook, or, you know, when your feet hurt, when you run, well, it pretty much is the same thing. It sucks. But unlike what most people think, Pain in the foot is all too common amongst non-runners and runners alike. If we think about runners, they are people that put a lot of stress on their feet. But people that haven't run in years can also have this condition that affects them and causes their feet to be in misery. So it is important to remember that plantar fasciitis is an all too common thing and can affect anybody. In a population study of older adult women, which adult women above the age of 65, approximately 19 to 25% of these women have significant feet pain on most days of the week. This may often lift, limit their ability to function. The people that are most commonly afflicted with foot pain are older adults, obese adults, active adults who run and jump, active military and some people that are engaged in occupations that include standing a lot. But before we get too much into plantar fasciitis, we need to talk a little bit about anatomy. There are three different parts to the feet, the forefoot, the midfoot, and the hindfoot. These areas can have different conditions that can affect them. The most common of all these areas to have pain in is in the hindfoot. The hind is, of course, the back Of the foot or the heel area. This is the area where plantar fasciitis pain is most common. Now the anatomy of the foot is very complicated. It itself has 26 bones, 33 joints, and more than a hundred muscles, tendons, and ligaments. The ankle and calf meet with the foot at the fibula and tibia which meet at the talus and calcaneus in the ankle joint. Now the fibula and the tibia start in the knee and come all the way down to the ankle. And the talus and calcaneus are ankle bones. From there, we go from the talus to the calcaneus to the tree cuneiforms, which then meet the metatarsus and the midfoot, and then the phalanges in the forefoot. So Lots of bones, lots of joints, lots of different things going on here. The arches are made with interlocking foot bones, strong ligaments, and all the muscles in the foot. The arch on the inside of the foot, which is the middle or medial side of the foot, is higher than the outside. That's why there is a curve. The cuboid is the keystone of this. This allows for distribution of weight. Excessive strain on the tendons and ligaments of the feet can result in fallen arches or flat feet. The plantar fascia, which is involved in plantar fasciitis, goes from the calcaneus, which is in the hind foot, to the toes. It provides support for the arch and the toes and allows for movement in the toes for when you walk. Now, when we walk, the plantar fascia tightens and pulls on the attachment of it to the back of the foot or in the hind foot. And then when people have decreased movement of the first toe, the plantar fascia pulls more, causing more stress on the fascia. This is only one of the causes of plantar fasciitis when the toe is not moving well enough. But for the most part, we don't know why people get plantar fasciitis. We know who gets plantar fasciitis, and this is the people I mentioned before, the obese, the runners, the people that walk a lot, and interestingly, ballet dancers. It is also very common amongst people with rheumatic diseases, including rheumatoid arthritis, psoriasis, and lupus. Now, we talked about these diseases in previous episodes, These are available now on the new website, physiatrypodcast.com. It was easier to get that domain name, so there you go. All right, so enough about who gets plantar fasciitis. What does it feel like, and how do we diagnose it? Well, from the personal experience, it just sucks. It hurts mostly in the morning when you wake up and when you take a step, and when I usually run. As you keep walking, the pain gets better. But sometimes when you are sitting for a long time, the pain can get worse again. So when you're still, it hurts. Furthermore, after a long day of work or a long run, the feet can hurt once again. The pain is mostly in the back of the foot towards the heel, but can be nondescript. It doesn't necessarily hurt all the time in the back of the foot. It can hurt towards the ankle. And sometimes it's less than a hurt, it's more of a stiffness. So sort of a weird, dull, achy thing. The diagnosis of plantar fasciitis is usually by history and physical examination alone. There are no other signs or labs or X-rays or MRIs that usually help with plantar fasciitis. So the labs are usually completely normal unless if someone has a rheumatological condition. MRIs may show some thickening of the plantar fasciitis, but x-rays and CT scans are usually useless unless if someone has a heel spur. Ultrasound may show some thickening of the plantar fascia, but these are not usually done. And from someone that gets very ticklish on the bottom of his foot, an ultrasound with, at the bottom of the foot would be very uncomfortable. So anyway, why does it matter? Ignoring plantar fasciitis can result in chronic heel pain. Well, yes, of course it does. But that hinders regular activities, causing changes in the way you walk and long-term pain. This can then result in severe back, knee, or hip issues. So how do we help the pain? One of the ways we do this is with injections. The problem with injections is that Oftentimes, they're used with cortisone or steroid, and these can weaken the plantar fascia. This can cause a rupturing of the fascia. So you have to be a bit careful with the amount of injection and type of injection done into the fascia. Some of the other techniques can be done as well, including ultrasound therapy, which is different than the diagnostic ultrasound, shock therapy, and surgery. These can all be done to help pain. Not all insurances cover these treatments, so the treatments may be limited. The key thing is to prevent plantar fasciitis from happening in the first place. As my first quote said, one pair of shoes can make a huge difference. Make sure that you are not wearing worn out shoes or shoes that don't have enough cushion. So you need to wear shoes that support you. Make sure you also stretch your arches and apply ice on the arch to help the pain. Losing weight can help, along with avoiding the sport that may cause the pain. So, runners out there who are not going to listen to me, I know that because I know runners don't listen to people. (laughs) Like, I don't listen to people for things like running. So, anyway, avoid running if you can. But... If I don't listen to my own advice, how are you going to listen to yours? Now, go to your local shoe store, like my friend Kenny Brown's store, which is Heart and Soul Shoes here in Santa Rosa, California. He got me some really good shoes that fit my feet very well and has avoided plantar fasciitis pain from dampening my running abilities, as well as helped my wife's plantar fasciitis over the years. Thanks to him to save my running. Thank you all for listening to the Painless Health Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and give me a rating. I have re-recorded this. This is now the third time I've had to re-record this because of issues with my computer. I hope you enjoy it. It really helps when you give me a rating. Subscribe to the podcast. Thank you again, and we will see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Painless Health Podcast. I hope the information that has been given to you has been useful. Of course, I am a physician, but not yours. So please go see your physician for medical advice and further information about any of the topics you've heard today. Thank you again and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.